You are listening to Just Ask the Appraiser podcast with your host, Miles Hamrick. Joyce, thank you very much. Uh, again, I'm Miles Hamrick. I am MAIGRS with the Appraisal Institute. Uh, yes, I've been around a couple of days and and have some good and bad experiences. Uh, as always, I tell people I'm not perfect, and we're going to talk about some things that I've learned myself, and we're going to share the screen here. Let's see if I can get this part done. All right. Can everyone see that uh, first slide there? All right. <clears throat> The topic of this class is North Carolina Tax Appeal Appraising Information. Uh, This is information as I see it, how I have learned it. I have served on the Board of Equalization and Review with Gaston County. Um, I'm no longer on that board, but uh, there's others here with us today that have served on that board and are serving. Uh, Gaston County was nice enough to send me to Chapel Hill School of Law to learn a little bit more than the average person that serves, and I'm trying to share that with as many appraisers as I possibly can so that you don't get into any kind of hot water uh, on what I classify the easy stuff, the stuff that's given to you in the rule book, which we're going to talk about, but, you know, outside the actual doing the appraisal yourself. All right, property tax appeals and the appraiser. This presentation includes information not typically used by the appraiser. And if you're doing mortgage appraisals uh, as your regular basis of business and have not done tax appeal work, these are some of the the ins and outs that you'll need to know. One is the North Carolina Machinery Act, and that is the legislation that was passed by our legislators that gives you the rules or the guide path of how reevaluations in North Carolina, that is specific to North Carolina, and gives you that scope of work guide of how they have to do their job and how we have to take a look at it if we're going to um, do appraisals and or consulting work in this line of business. And I know as well as our office has been slower with the mortgage work, so tax appeals you know, in our area uh, have been a little bit of extra that people can get into. And we're just going to give you an overview, um, you know, so we have a little bit of time for Q&A at the end, but this is just basically an overview. Uh, who I am, uh, like Joy said, uh, I've been appraising as a general appraiser in the state of North Carolina and South Carolina for a little over 30 years. Uh, I've earned my MAI designation and my AIGRS designation with the Institute. And I do, um, I am on the uh, green registry for commercial and residential appraisals also. Uh, all those things combined can be used to assist you in tax appeal work. So <clears throat> did you know that just because you're right does not mean I'm wrong? Uh, I showed this slide in Raleigh when I spoke before the chapter, and the first thing I'd like you to tell you is I'm not perfect, never have been perfect, and I got three XYs to prove it. So, you know, I know that sometimes might Not be the best thing for everybody here, but there you go. You are not perfect. It's time that we understand that USPAP says that we are not perfection. However, we need to do the best we can. Okay. Who are you? Uh, By a show of hands or a little thumbs up, 
Are there any tax um, appraisers here or people that work for tax offices? Okay, so good, good. We've got some uh, people in the room that have uh, knowledge on this topic, and we may draw on that, Zach. Uh, Kristen now, Kristen was one of my former students also, and, and she's doing very well. And I'm, I'm just happy to see her progressing. So if there's anyone that has, if you have a comment, uh, I'll try to watch the chat here. Um, if I've mentioned something that needs to be corrected or adjusted or expanded, just let me know. And tax appraisers. The appraiser, by definition, is not an advocate. We are required to be unbiased. We are basically don't have a dog in the fight. We when we do an appraisal, we're not supposed to be helping somebody get their taxes increased or decreased. We're supposed to tell the facts. And however, as a consultant, you can be an advocate. Okay. So which hat are you wearing? That is the question. You can be a consultant and you can review the tax documents, review the tax calculations and advise your client on a a best path of contesting their tax value. And that may include an appraisal by someone else. You may decide that I'm going to be the consultant and my client uh, is going to be for the consultant part. And then you can hire someone else to do the actual appraisal. But talk to your client, pick up the phone, ask them what their needs are. In other words, uh, the main thing as appraisers is we're problem solvers. First, we need to know what the problem is. So talking with your client is the most important part of this type of assignment and really in all our assignments. So I suggest that you talk to the client, see where they are. Uh, Gaston County went through its reevaluation for January the 1st of 2023, and I'm going to make a lot of reference to that reevaluation as example. Um, the citizens that received their tax notices of the new tax values really had not read the newspaper of record because nobody does. It's, you know, nobody gets news from the newspaper anymore. So they were um, very concerned. And for three or four days, all I did was talk to people about their new tax value and, and kind of seeing where they were before we even considered doing any work. All right. What is the Machinery Act? Now, in North Carolina, this is the legislation that is passed. This is the, the actual newest version. It's the 2021 edition, uh, Machinery Act of North Carolina annotated. You can get a copy of this from LexisNexis, and it's just like USPAP. It's a thick book, but only portions apply to the appraisal and what we do as appraisers. Uh, I got this a copy of this several years ago and started reading through it and realized that I was making mistakes when I was doing work for my clients because there are things here, I'll just say, can benefit you as a consultant because it tells you what the guidelines are for the taxing authority, not only for the appraisal. Machinery Act was a piece of legislation that provides the framework uh, determining for value of real and personal property. So there's a section of personal property in there also. Uh, how the calculation is supposed to be derived, and it was a, originally enacted in the late 1800s and been amended, of course, several times to 
try to keep up with today. One of the main things that concerns me is that at a minimum, uh, your counties that um, in North Carolina are only required to send out notifications in the newspaper of record. Okay. I, I will tell you that I finally got a subscription online to the newspaper of record and you can't find this stuff. So when they run that little ad or they run a little article, they're only required to do it once. And if the citizens don't see it, they're in the dark. And this education is where you can, as an appraiser, if you have social media presence, you can actually um, set you up a, some advertising to educate people in your community or the counties that you work. And you can become the newspaper of record, you might say. And then you become the expert. You become the people that's, that people will call and ask questions, and that's where you can end up getting some work. The burden of proof. In the Machinery Act, it specifically states that ad valorem tax assessments are presumed to be correct. The burden of proof is on the taxpayer to show that the assessment was erroneous. Now, the word erroneous is directly out of the Machinery Act, but incorrect. Um, in Gaston County, we have over 120,000 parcels of property, which is not as many as some counties, but way more than others. And for a staff of uh, tax assessors and their staff to properly value 120, 30,000 parcels of property can be a daunting task. Okay. So errors can be made. And therefore, if we get hired as a consultant or an appraiser, we can determine what those errors might be and possibly uh, assist our taxpayer in uh, making sure that they're being taxed properly, whether that's up or down. Now, you, you know, you have to be careful because sometimes if you find errors, they could cause the property value to be increased depending on what the rules are or what the change is. Key features for the appraisal to note uh, in the Machinery Act. <clears throat> First, all properties are to be valued to 100% of fee simple market value as of the date of reevaluation. <clears throat> in Gaston County, our reevaluation was January 1st of 2023. So every value, every effective date of your assignments is going to be that January 1st of the taxation year. So, with that in mind, ensure that the properties are assessed, you know, the Machinery Act wants the properties to be assessed consistently across the state, okay? It also ensures that property owners are not overpaying or underpaying their taxes and that everyone is contributing to the funding of essential services like schools, roads, and public safety, okay? The key, and what we'll talk about also, is that if one sector of the real estate is not being taxed properly, the other sector has to make up for it because the rate has to be increased to cover those lower tax values. It also provides a guideline of how property should be assessed. Not appraised, but assessed. For example, it outlines the procedures that assessors use 
uh, to assess the property, such as when the assessments are to be made, uh, the documentation that's required, and, and what factors are considered when determining that value. You know, we, we have a work file, and our public entities should have a work file. And I'll say that word should because I've requested some of those work files, and they are very hesitant about even saying they even got them. So uh, maybe they just don't want to tell you. Provides a guideline for the county commissioners to hire a tax assessor and create a board of equalization and review. And they appoint the board of equalization and review members. And this is important. The, the board of equalization and review members are going to be your intended users of your reports. Okay, you get that? So who are you writing your reports for? Additional keys, at any given time in North Carolina, there's 10 or more counties performing reevaluation. This is private work opportunities. Second to none. If you're in a county or an adjoining county that's in a tax reevaluation and you're not promoting yourself for these type of assignments, you're giving away free money. Uh, you can go to the uh, Property Tax Commission website, uh, North Carolina Department of Revenue, and they have a list of every county that's having their reevaluations and their proposed dates because these reevaluations in the second line there are mandated at a minimum every eight years. Now, however, most people, most counties use a four year so they don't hammer up against these property increases too, too hard. In other words, now, over the last couple of years, you know, we've had some pretty massive uh, valuation changes. And I think that's where a lot of people got startled, if you might say, that um, their property value went up. Well, see, that's not a defense. Just because it went up doesn't, is not a defense. Okay. Reevaluations are mandated uh, to be a tax to sale ratio within 15% plus or minus. Now, that's a pretty good size spread. However, in North Carolina, Gaston County got the dreaded letter and they were in, in line to do a reevaluation for 2023 anyway. But the list to sale, or excuse me, the tax to sale ratios had exceeded that 15% limit. So they got the dreaded letter from the state, which means you get to do a reevaluation whether they want to or not. Uh, appraisers should be aware to publish deadlines uh, for complaint filings. And this is very important because these, these timelines are mandated by the state. The county officials don't have any control over those dates. Okay. So now, once you educate yourself on these dates, and you find out which counties are having reevaluations, then bingo, you know when to start your advertising campaign. Okay? So, also, tax values are based on fee simple value. Now, granted, we understand in the commercial world that a lot of properties trade on income analysis, and that is part of what you'll need to do. But you also need to get proficient with your cost approach. And that is very important in the tax world because the the next step we're going to get into about uh, calculating these numbers, that fee simple value is what they are required by law to calculate, not a leased fee. Okay. So when you're working these problems and solving these problems, 
you have to make sure that you use fee simple value. <clears throat> what is a schedule of values? Now, that's the second piece of information that you really need to understand and look at. Read through it. This is this schedule of values. Okay, let's go back to here. The schedule of values is a document that's developed by each county and is used as a guideline for assessing the property. In other words, this is their cost approach book. You know, we use Marshall and Swift. Uh, I do. I don't know. There are some other products out there. But to the tax world, tax world, the schedule of values is their Marshall and Swift book. They derive the dollars per square foot or the dollars per unit for individual items that they're going to apply to your units on your property. In other words, the price per square foot um, for a basis uh, they will start with on anything, and then they'll have an adjustment for fireplaces and patios and driveways and utility buildings, and they will have a specific number listed in the schedule of values that they will use for that adjustment. They also make adjustments for location and topography and those kind of things. All those adjustments or all those multipliers are what you need to learn and understand. Okay, and so you need to read through the schedule of values. This is an example out of the schedule of values. This is where a, out of Gaston County's 2023 schedule of values, this is what they classify as a grade triple A plus home. All right, if your subject property looks like this piece of property, then that's what it's going to be graded. We will find that a lot of times the grade might be off a little bit you may need to have a grade AA. And the difference between a AAA plus and a AA is a large multiplier on that base dollar per square foot that can change the value, the tax value, dramatically, okay? And this can be done without even doing an appraisal. You look over the schedule of values, you look at the subject property, you determine that there's a inconsistently application of the schedule of values, and bingo. Your homeowner can go up there and take care of that herself. They don't even have to come out. You get to charge whatever you charge per hour as a consultant, and you never see the tax office. Here's a, a grade C, C plus, okay? Here's a grade E, okay? Uh, we had, for an example, I had five clients that I worked for, and we'll talk about some other things here in a minute, but I, I had five clients is all I worked for doing a reevaluation. Those clients had 800 single-family rental houses. Okay? I didn't do 800 appraisals. I did a study that we're going to look at in a minute, and I, and I trained them on how to look at their houses and gave them the photographs I had to schedule the values, and they just went up there and got everything straightened out to the quality ratings and the conditions, and bingo, they in, uh, improved their tax basis uh, for their property. This is a sample of uh, Gaston County's uh, value main area rates, single-family residential, $143. Now, that's the base rate, and then you have multipliers up and down based on quality, condition, location. <clears throat> For an example, I've circled the residential single family at 143 and the modular home at 138. Now, 
This is Gaston County's tax calculation card. This is where everything is listed. This is the box where your items are put and the dollar amounts are applied. And you'll see this is my specific home that I live in. Okay. They have a base living area of 143, so they have it classified as stick-built house. Well, guess what? It's not. My home's a modular home. It's got the seal in the in the uh, power meter, a power um, breaker box. I have the paperwork. So they've made an error, okay? That's 3.5% error, delta percent change of 3.5%. So you take the total value there and adjust it by 3.5%, so they're overtaxing me. Just on, just on that one item, okay? Residential income property. That's a, like I said, I did work for five clients, and that's another big topic right now. You have all these residential rentals built to rent homes, and, you know, those folks are looking to make sure they're not being overtaxed also. So, provided from the 2023 schedule of AIAs, um, and it quotes, one to four unit buildings are to be valued as residential property. Residential property is to be valued using the GRM or your gross rent multiplier. Now, that's a wonderful thing, as long as the gross rent multiplier is correct. From the schedule of values, Gaston County has determined that their gross rent multiplier on average is 180. That's what they've used in this example. They gave a range of 160 to 200, but they've indicated they've reconciled to 180. Well, that's fine if it's 180. This is a list of 51 sales that were rented at the time of sale on a study that I did for my clients. These sales, I have uh, calculated the gross rent multiplier for all of 2022 and the last six months of 2022. And why 2022? Because January the 1st of 2023 is your deadline cutoff effective date. So you can't use sales after that. Everything has to be prior to that date. Here's the results. The median overall and in the last six months is 155. So now if you compare what is in the example from the schedule of values versus what has been derived from the market, the delta percent change is 13.9%. So this is how my clients, they use the gross rent multiplier study that I did, non-specific, so I did not do it for specific property. This was done as a generic study for this county for all single-family rental properties, and this is a study. And oh yes, you can sell that from now on. The assessor is required to recognize a change in the property value resulting in one of the following reasons, and this is in the Machinery Act. If they find a clerical error or a mathematical error, they are required by law to change the tax value. An appraisal error resulting from a misapplication of the schedule of value and standards. Well, we've talked about the misapplication of possibly the quality rating, okay, or the gross rent multiplier. An increase or decrease in the value of property resulting from a change in a legally permitted use. I'm working on a study right now on one that the uh, building used to be a um, foundry. 
And that, that building, if you change the use, will require a sprinkler system that this building does not have. So we're trying to determine whether or not this building is being overtaxed because it does not have a sprinkler system. And if the that business has gone out and that building is vacant, fee simple, are they legally going to be permitted to reuse that building without heavy expenditure before occupancy? So this is one we're looking at, and my clients are paying me by the hour. So that's just another avenue of business. What are the most overlooked items by appraisers? While serving on the Board of Equalization Review, I got to see a lot of appraisals that came in and, and you know, the homeowners had done what they thought were correct. But the appraisers possibly just overlooked these items and they really need to make sure that you're not doing these things. Number one, using mortgage forms to do your appraisals for consulting or appraisals outside the lending world. Number two, effective date evaluation. Unless you're standing on the property on January the 1st of the taxation year, you're not going to be doing a current valuation. You're going to be doing a retrospective valuation. Typical data reevaluation. Again, I'm going to say it, and this is an important item. That's why I've repeated it. January the 1st of 2021, or excuse me, 2023 for this reevaluation. So, therefore, all your sales, all your data has to come prior to that data reevaluation. You also need, of course, to list your site visit date. And then you're going to have to do something that's kind of not normal. You're going to have to put an extraordinary assumption in. You need to know who your intended use and use is. It could be to assist the client in the reevaluation decisions. It could be to assist the uh, property tax commission in reviewing the property for, you know, for an appeal. The intended use and the intended user could be the your client only, it could be the county tax assessor. It could be the property tax commission. Okay. That's why it's important to talk to your client and see what they are planning on doing. So all these items are the most overlooked. Okay. Use of the mortgage forms, effective date evaluation needs to be retrospective, intended use and user, and now the biggie definition of market value. and not writing the report to the intended use and users, your tax board and assessors. So don't use the solutions to these items. Don't use these mortgage forms. Use your general purpose forms, the AI forms. This is for residential work. Or use narrative format for residential or commercial. Nobody says you have to do a form report for a tax appeal. Okay? The effective date evaluation. Make sure it's retrospective and understand that if you're appealing someone's taxes in North Carolina, you can appeal every single year, but it goes back to the last reevaluation. So you could be doing retrospective up to eight years old. So you need to make sure of these dates. Okay. Extraordinary assumption that the improvements were similar on my inspection date as they were on the January 1st of 2021. 
And here, if you want to screenshot this, or I believe they'll be making this uh, presentation available PDF, <clears throat> the market, this is the definition of market value. The main thing that I want, everything's similar to other definitions of market value, except both having reasonable knowledge of all the uses to which the property is adapted and for which it is capable of being used. This last sentence is major, okay? Major. Uh Make sure that you check who are the, the participants on the Board of Equalization and Review so you can write your property for those. There might be appraisers there. There might be school teachers. They, you don't know who's on that board and who's going to be reading your report. Uh, a friend of ours has a fifth grade teacher look over his uh, appraisals for court work so that they can be easily understood um, from the people in the jury box. Judges are pretty knowledgeable. But this information can be a little daunting for people, and you don't want to, you know, so what, what else do you really need to do? So how the appeals are typically processed, once, if you've never had to do it or never looked at one, once the reevaluations are published, the owners are notified, the process begins. The clock starts, okay? The property owner can appeal to the board, to the, tax office itself is in, a, in an informal hearing, and a lot of times that's where everything's taken care of. But next they go to the Board of Equalization and Review, and then you go, you can go to a property tax commission hearing, and you can appeal to the courts, okay? So just understand that, the, that it just, just does not handle just the appraisal, Okay. Don't be afraid to say no. If this, some, this is something that you really don't want to get into, you know, I understand that. Um, it is different. Uh, there are different little nuances, that, and, but they're not really that complicated. It's just don't be afraid to say no if you don't want to do this type of work, all right? Don't, um, don't be afraid to call peers. I mean, I, I've talked to several other appraisers across the state about tax appeal work. And, you know, I've quoted work in other counties and, and it's, you know, it is a, a, a good business. It's, uh, it's still competitive like anything else, but you really want to make sure that you, you dot your I's and cross your T's and then the appraisal will take care of itself. As long as you have these items handled and you follow standard procedure and newspap and in the process, you know, educate yourself. Um, there are plenty of knowledge portions in the Machinery Act, read the schedule of values, get your tax cards off your tax uh, websites and learn how they're calculated so that you can do these things in a manner of, you know, a whole lot faster than trying to learn it on the fly on your very first one uh, to expand your toolbox, as a friend says. And knowing the difference between hypothetical condition and extraordinary assumption. Now, and this is repetitive, I know, for a lot of people, but uh, I find it good to refresh myself periodically because you're dealing with this current date and perspective date and understanding that you have to do things on a fee simple basis. And it's not, you're, you're not going to be able to put in hypothetical conditions uh, because they want to know what it is as is on that date, okay? 
So your extraordinary assumption is the only thing that you're going to be looking at. And it's the only thing I've found. That extraordinary assumption is going to be that the property was in a similar condition. Now, if you've got a property that has become vacant since the, if it was occupied on January the 1st, of course, your information needs to be indicated it was occupied. So different things that you'll need to look at, but this is the main thing is just a condition. And of course, uh, hypothetical condition is knowing it to be false, but presumed true. And extraordinary assumption is something that is assumed to be true, but is not certain. If it turns out to be false, then of course, the value of opinion derived would be impacted. Uh, extraordinary assumptions are those assumptions that are specific to that particular assignment. Um, and I have an example there in, in a definition that I use sometimes that, you know, talking about contamination on property. Okay. Those are things that, that if you're, well, that's, that brings up a good point. If you have an industrial property that has some problems and the tax office hadn't taken that into account, uh, that might be another avenue to think of also. I'll have to write that down. <laughs> Just thought of that. But wait, there's more. Other common areas, forgetting to adjust your clone comments, uh, pulling those comments from the uh, your residential mortgage appraisals and pulling them into these tax appeal appraisals, uh, that's just embarrassing. You know, be sure and read your comments. Make sure they're not specific to your lender's needs and not, you know, and, and they focus on the subject property in hand. Refusing the lack, the knowledge, the lack of competency. That's a big error. In, uh, inadequate zoning descriptions. I've run into this problem before where the zoning wasn't correct on the GIS, but, you know, I had to deal with that. Overlooking excess and surplus land. Failure to consider entrepreneurial incentive when valuing properties with needed repairs. No discussion of amenities, condition, remodeling, upfits, no disclosure, changing market trends. Not completing the cost approach. I cannot stress this enough. You, you need to do the cost approach because the tax, the tax assessor uses that land value that they've derived and then they add the replacement cost minus depreciation, just like our cost approach. And if they've missed the land value, you need to be able to justify your land value. You need to have sales, adjusted sales, not just, well, here they are, okay? Not completing the income approach on a rental property and all data being required prior to the January 1st of the taxation year. Using sales after that January 1st deadline is the, the Board of Equalization, when I was there, we just kindly set that over to the side because it's irrelevant. The sales after that date are not part of the valuation process. Here are some uh, website links that you may uh, want to read, suggestions. The Appraisal Institute, of course, has the LUM library and white papers. If you're not a member of the Appraisal Institute, I suggest you join. Uh, these publications are just priceless when you're trying to find peer-reviewed uh, writings about these uh, topics. Uh, white papers, uh, I mean, I did some uh, timber work, and I was able to find like five or six different white papers just on that timber work. 
to, to guide me through to make sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, Scope of Work, second edition, Stephanie Coleman uh, is an AI publication. I can't stress that enough, and I'm sure, Joyce, you know, uh, that this is, this is where you can head off a lot of problems. <clears throat> and In Defense of the Cost Approach by E. Nelson Bowles, MAI, deceased. This is one of the most comprehensive paperback, thin books that you can get. And if you will read that and understand how he uses the income analysis to to determine some of his depreciation calculations, this gives you this huge, huge knowledge to be able to support true adjustments for your external obsolescence, functional obsolescence, and internal you know, interview local market participants, participants, tax assessors. If you're working against a tax assessor in one county, you might want to call another one and just ask them what they do. Okay. Realtors and peers. Uh, on that, I will say thank you. I believe that is everything. Here is my contact information. Um, I am more than willing to uh, help folks if they need a little conversation on different things. And, you know, don't don't be afraid to reach out and ask uh, for assistance, uh, if not me, for others. And let me click this right here. All right. And from that, I will... Uh, Pass it back, and if you have any questions, do we have a Q&A there? We've got a few more minutes, I believe. Or am I? Okay. Um, we have, to give you an example of probably the largest tax appeal that I worked on, um, in Charlotte, we had one several years ago where uh, the property owner allowed the tenant to contest the taxes because it was a triple net lease and the tenant was paying the taxes. And the tax bill went up, well, the tax value went up by a million dollars. And this was not when property values were increasing heavily. Uh, we looked at it and saw that when they applied for a uh, heat and air repair, that the tax office uh, clicked the box for remodel, which changed the uh, condition of the property from average to good. And what we did is we went and found every bowling alley in Mecklenburg County, and, com- and saw what the ratings were on all those uh, similar facilities. I took pictures of the outside and inside of all the other facilities, and they were similar to the subject. And all my client had to do was step into the informal, show them the tax analysis where we saw that it was not being equally applied. They changed that rating, dropped it by a million dollars, and saved them $40,000 in taxes. And that, and that was as simple. And we still did the appraisal also. But, you know, you, you have to understand that not all the time the appraisal is what you need. Sometimes it's just indication whether or not you've been a, it's been applied properly. That is true, Joyce. The, making sure, you know, even if you want to, I, I understand that there's been some people that go up before the appeals board and take little signs and put in front of them. And, and, you know, uh, Mel Black says it best, make it very obvious. So you take a placard that says appraiser and a placard that says consultant, 
and you sit them in front of you when you're before the Board of Equalization Review, and you say, you take the appraiser one and put it back here and say, I am not an appraiser today. I am a consultant. These other rules do not apply. Okay? Now, if you step over and you start doing appraiser things to where you need to be an appraiser in the state of North Carolina to do certain things, then you can run into trouble. So that's why I recommend if you're going to need an appraisal and you're going to be the consultant or the advocate, you need to hire a separate appraiser. Okay? That way you can say, here's the appraiser sign and they're sitting over here. I'm sitting over here. I'm the consultant. And that and that's you know, that's just covering yourself. Because they can file complaints also. Thank you. On uh, the last part of that, Miles, can the Board of Equalization refuse to use an appraisal for appeal if the intended use is for mortgage refinancing? Yes. Simple answer. Number one, because I guarantee you that the effective date of the appraisal was not January the 1st of, 20, of the taxation year. That's mistake number one. Number two, it's not going to have the right definition of market value. Those two things alone basically makes that appraisal not applicable. Now, do they look at them? Do we look at them? Yes. Do we look at the sales? If it was done within the last several months and, and those sales are not after the taxation date, yes, we'll look, we looked at them. But when it comes to the preponderance of evidence and the burden of proof, you really need to follow those guidelines so that they have to look at it. And the Property Tax Commission has to accept that as evidence. Okay? And that's just my opinion. I'm not an attorney. I didn't stay at the Holiday Inn last night. You know, that that's you know, just, just my experience. All right. Uh I believe that that is uh, that that burned up my minutes. I believe I just had my alarm go off. <laughs> uh, well, Miles, again, we thank you so very much for for being here and presenting this wealth of knowledge on on this subject. You have been listening to the Just Ask the Appraiser podcast, brought to you by Miles Hamrick Appraisal Services, with your host Miles Hamrick. All contents are the opinion of Miles L. Hamrick Sr. for the entertainment and or education purposes only. This information is in no way legal advice, real estate advice, investment advice, or the opinion of any other regulatory agency or, or organization. Thank you for listening to Just Ask the Appraiser podcast.